BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. internet analytic here aka dreams and i'd like to welcome you to mine which i call the notorious mass effect podcast i am your hip-hop and gaming news source with a little bit of r&b mixed in for episode 20 not 20 for episode 121 we're going to be getting into the intricacies i mean just the complex very hard to understand topic that is ai (laughs) and by very hard to understand i mean very hard to understand because at this point you know how they say sky is the limit well at this point ai has implemented so many different scenarios where one could take it that we don't even know what's going to happen next the evolution of ai has gotten to a scary point where literal artists are coming out and saying this is flagrant as far as copyright material and what am i saying right now you probably are not putting two and two together but let me just say that this is titled the rise of the ai ghostwriters and no i'm not talking about alan irison I'm talking about AI technology and uh, technology. I don't know what that was. Uh, chatbot. Um, was it G? What was it? GP. GPT four. GPT four. I don't know why I was blanking on the name. But anyways, so yeah, this is titled "The Rise of AI Ghostwriters" for a reason. Um, all of these ghostwriters are coming out of the woodworks to give us some of our greatest material from artists that are currently not putting out music so how's that happening well in this episode i'm gonna break it all down but before that make sure to click my link tree in my bio to access my social medias hold up last time i did this not the episode before but the episode before that one i did this so basically y'all want to update last time y'all killed me because i didn't i didn't give an update and i think 119 yeah this is 121 yeah so 119 i forgot to give an update so basically um a pretty significant update we're reaching 
400,000 total downloads in just two months of Red Circle. So hold up, let me let me play my little drop. You know, I got my applause button on deck for y'all. This this is for y'all. This is not even for me, because of course there's only one of me. <laughs> so you know this accomplishment, I do not take it for granted at all. So let me play a little. There we go. So basically, I just want to say thank you to everybody who's supporting and helping affect the masses because at the end of the day 400,000 I don't take for granted at all so I really appreciate everybody who's came together by either sharing the platform playing it yourself um, what else giving me feedback just everything that goes into making this show has led us to this point where in just two months under red circle we've surpassed well or reaching and will probably surpass by tomorrow 400,000 total downloads okay i think that's enough applause all right let's get back to the hold up give me one second let me bring this back up all right so yeah, that's basically it for the update. Um, as far as like weekly downloads, we definitely are surpassing 38,000 or we did surpass 38,000. Of course it fluctuates. Um, right now it currently is around 38,000. Since it's so new, like I was saying, two months in under Red Circle, um, this is my biggest audience ever. So, <laughs> you know, I'm definitely figuring out ways to keep y'all um, engaged in just the watch time in general, which I think, well, statistically looking at the numbers it seems like y'all are y'all are enjoying what i'm putting out so just expect more of that and also my i just made another channel titled analytic dreams video and so with that it's going to be all the video video elements of the content i create will be posted to that channel so if you go to spotify right now and i say spotify specifically because that's the only place i can put up video for podcasting platforms so if you go to spotify type in analytic dreams video you'll be able to watch all of the video content i make so the content i make the video element will be additional when you look up analytic dreams video so the same thing that's happening here is just a video element and the reason i made the two separate channels is because currently i'm under red circle with this um channel so i can't really post video on, on spotify through red circle i can through anchor which is why i made my second channel through anchor but for my first channel it only allows audio i mean of course i can um upload like make another channel on anchor and upload video and that's specifically what i did so for analytic dreams video look that up separately it's going to be all the content i make here just uh addition of the video element Okay, well, all that promo out of the way, let's get into the show 121, which is titled The Rise of the AI Ghost Riders. But before that, make sure to click my link tree in my bio to access my social medias and follow to keep up with my latest activities. If you want to support the show financially, click my Cash App link located towards the bottom of my link tree as it helps the show overall. Make sure to share this podcast, rating the show five stars as this helps the show reach more people so we can grow together and affect the masses. Also, for my people over at YouTube, make sure to click that bell icon. And when you click the bell icon, don't do don't click the specialize. 
click all so you'll get all my notifications because youtube for some reason makes you click twice on the bell icon so anyways make sure to do that and now let's get into the first topic the rise of the ai ghostwriters have or has gotten out of hand because not only has drake been accused of using ghostwriters by the notorious meek mill but currently in 2023 ghost writers are coming out of the woodworks to write their favorite drake tracks now only strengthens meek mandela's argument but now that people have officially called meek mill wash up nobody cares that all of these ghost writers are coming out and using ai technology out of all of the artists in the world to mimic the GOAT, a.k.a. Drake. Now, does it surprise me that he's getting all of these people mimicking him with the use of AI technology? No. But what's also surprising is if everybody claims that the best rapper is Tupac and Jay-Z and all these other old heads, then how come people aren't usually how come people aren't using these ai or this ai to put out more music from them i know what you're saying oh tupac's passed away oh, notorious big's passed away well you probably don't know how this technology works because all you need is a sample of somebody's voice which is definitely out there when you're talking about tupac and notorious big and then you can make your own track that literally sounds like them so what i'm thinking is everybody is subconsciously showing us that they think drake is the best artist in the hip-hop game because if you're gonna use all of these lyrics and and different vocal tones and then when you go to the ai generator out of all the artists in the world you keep using drake then what does that really say about how they view the hip-hop landscape now, of course, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that I've been a huge advocate for Drake. You know, I would say I would call myself a stand, but I am I do critique Drake when it calls when when it's called for. But currently, it's just an obvious display of affection as all these ghostwriters are coming out and trying to seem like the the second uh, second coming of Quentin Miller as all of these AI tracks that are AI generated from ghostwriters who i'm assuming are real people just typing in a computer using drake's voice to cover the their uh songs it's very interesting because first when it came out of course it was covering kanye west mr west and everybody knows what his impact on the hip-hop field is but then it was a it was an interesting change it went from kanye west to drake and not even just it wasn't even comparable like it was a huge swing in the drake direction of all the ghostwriters coming together to write and try to come up with the best ghostwritten drake track one i think is because of the numbers and two i think because of kanye west's absence i feel like a lot of people feel really see the buzz that you get off of making a drake track and they're just making a plethora of ai drake songs for the masses now that still goes back to my point of drake just being the 
leaps and bounds above a, a lot of these artists in the hip-hop field as if somebody else generated those same numbers guess what more ai covers will be attributed attributed to them so because that is not a case not the case and drake is just a runaway goat in the hip-hop space umg which is universal music group the people who's who signed Drake, like Drake's boss, <laughs> Lucian Grange, uh, came out and definitely criticized this whole wave of, of ghostwriters coming out and making music, trying to sound like Drake, saying, quote, this is content, oh, no, no, so, quote, content oversupply. And then he went on to say, quote, not many people realize that AI has already been a major contributor to this content oversupply. Most of the this AI content on DSPs comes from the prior generation of AI, a technology that is not trained on copyrighted IP and that produces very poor quality output where virtually no consumer appeal. Mm-mm-mm spoken like a true man who's losing money off of all this ai evolution <laughs> so anyways um you know when the boss of drake comes out and speaks on something we found gold like ladies and gentlemen we got them like we've hit the what they call the um we've hit the jackpot basically to put it in uh lamest terms we've hit the jackpot even Lucian Grange is coming out speaking on this and that's how you know it's getting serious because I think if people keep continuing all the ghostwriters in the world I mean UMG can't sue everybody but best believe they're gonna find one of y'all to make an example out of just hopefully it's not you so anyways click on my link tree in my bio let me know on one of my social medias what do you think about this whole evolution in AI and everybody using AI technology to make unreleased drake tracks quote unquote and what do you think the future is of using this ai technology the battle of the ghost riders and umg is a fascinating one to watch because none of your favorite artists are putting out music right now i mean none of them i'm not trying to hear about jack harlow i'm not trying to hear about don tolliver nf ray shimmered I'm not trying to hear about any of those because compared to AI releases this year, it pairs in comparison or it pales in comparison. I think that's the way you say it, because in general, when you're able to put out music from an artist that everybody streams on a religious basis, then I think you've reached a point where the actual owner of Universal Music Group has to come out and speak on this type of activity because people are making money from an artist that they signed. They want to make money off of that, the artist they signed. Now, you're making money off of him, and you ain't signed, or you ain't have Drake signed, no type of paperwork. So best believe UMG is going to come after somebody, and just hopefully it's not you. So this specific track I'm talking about is Drake's Winner's Cold by... I can't even say his name. It's like LVCCI. And I'm, no, I'm not the feds. All I know is I looked it up. It's still on YouTube. UMG hasn't taken it down. So I don't know if they just pick and choose in their battles. I don't know what's happening. So anyways, it's still up. And they're going after um, TikTok user Ghostwriter9997. Now I really sound like DJ Vlad. No, hold on. Let me chill. My fault. My fault. I ain't trying to put him on blast. Basically, UMG has chosen a specific ghostwriter to go after right because everybody making money off of drake's likeness is not going to fly with universal music group who's paying drake literally 40 to 50 million uh 
dollars to make music for them and you're getting it for free like nah you're not gonna get his license or his likeness for free they're definitely suing you so anyways um all of these tracks are very interesting this whole lawsuit is very interesting i think because of how dry 20 bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then place a five dollar wager on any sport you'll receive 150 dollars in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome and if you think the fun stops there the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store check out daily promotions same game parlays live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc 23 is when it comes to hip-hop um i honestly may just say that ai has taken over and may be the best thing to come out this year because no album has made me feel like it's taken over uh ray shrimmer for me was one of my favorite albums and and really nobody listened to it and that's not like a factor for me as far as enjoyability but as far as ranking i have to keep that in consideration that it didn't have that impact that i thought it was going to have of course nf had tremendous impact selling like over 100,000 first week and in comparison Ray Shrimmer sold like 16k first week it was it was pretty bad it hurt my heart it's almost like it's almost like uh I can't compare it to LeBron but it's like if KD came out and shot like two for 30 it's like we're not we're not used to you missing like this like Ray Shrimmer coming out and not having that impact is definitely um interesting because they're the same duo who made everybody stand in one place like they was frozen in real life with Black Beatles so um that's pretty interesting to see Jack Harlow came out when everybody found out it was a rap only album I think the streams didn't really reflect the quality i think that jack harlow album is one of the better albums of 2023 but as far as the streams and the sales of course it's not going to be high because it's an all rap album i don't know if y'all know how the the charts work but if you listen to any track in the top 10 of the charts it has a chorus a verse and a chorus a verse and maybe another chorus and then the end of the song so Jack was just straight rapping throughout his entire album, which was phenomenal for me as a rap fan. But as far as uh, replay value, it just wasn't that high. So I think currently AI ghostwriters are taking over 2023 and they are putting out the best music this year. And I think Universal Music Group, who signed all your favorite, no, not favorite, all the most popular rappers, a very uh, distinct um, description right there. All your, all the famous all the most popular rappers they have signed drake kanye west i think justin bieber taylor swift i think lucian grange literally bought taylor swift's whole catalog look up look up lucian grange buying taylor swift's whole catalog and you will understand that lucian grange when you when you think about drake having a lot of money buying private jets going on yachts and and, and just living his life and future hendrix and all these people think about the people who signed them aka lucian grange Think about his bank account 
you know, I'm not pocket watching, but I think we really have to put into perspective because a lot of these rappers be flexing when the person they that they're assigned to is really the ones who could be flexing. So anyways, one thing in business I've learned is that for every dollar you make, they've made nine or 10 and just carry that with you throughout life. So anyways, um, that's basically it. I, I really wanted to get into the AI. I think I kind of got into it. Um, Universal Music Group is definitely coming after some of y'all. They're going to make an example out of somebody. And definitely, I definitely don't want this to happen as a content creator myself. Um, I mean, obviously, they can't come after me because I'm not the one playing music and trying to get the likeness of Drake. But they have came after me before. But that was like years past in my first channel. But now, you know, I'm pretty good. But <laughs> for y'all who's still profiting off of Drake's likeness, let's just say they're, they're definitely going to come after you. So anyways, um, hopefully you win. I'm always in the favor of the creator. And hopefully we just get to the point where we can combat these lawsuits from Universal Music Group. But only time will tell. So click my link tree in my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think about Ghost Riders versus UMG? And also, what do you think the future is with AI technology? Ladies and gentlemen, I think we found the first miss with this Drake AI wave because AI backseat, I don't know who wrote that track. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but it's going to come to a point where all of y'all who's privy to this technology does not need to be privy to this technology because y'all don't know how to make a Drake hit. And Drake makes everything sound good. So for you not to make a Drake hit is, is, uh, not gonna lie to you it's, it's pretty down bad so <laughs> anyways uh this track called backseat was one of those tracks where i've listened to it and i realized that it's just not up to up to part like it's not even around the bar it's a very below average track and even when with drake covering it so drake and the weekend one of their biggest tracks not ever but of course one of their biggest unreleased tracks and it was released by ai ghostwriter called heart on my sleeve was just straight i would say at this point it was just straight classic because the, the person who came up with this wrote the track had drake covering it had the weekend covering it everybody's playing the track on tiktok universal music group is extremely irate I can't even put into words what they're about to do to whoever they could sue with this type of uh, technology because they are not having it with people making money off of the artists that they signs, signed likeness. So anyways, um, what else what was I getting to? But yeah, that the track Drake AI Backseat is very atrocious and... That's why I say some people who are privy to the inf uh, to the technology that helps make these AI tracks should definitely not be as it, it comes with a price and that price is learning how to actually make a good track. And for some people, they have it and for others, they don't. So <laughs> for this one, they definitely do not have it. And that's OK, because, you know, who wants to be sued by Universal Music Group over a track that's just completely garbage? So anyways um umg came out with a quote let me see if i can find that quote give me one second let's see if i can find that quote universal music group came out with a quote talking about the unsanctioned ai generated tracks <laughs> like what like who uses words like that and they said quote umg's success has been in part due to embracing new technology and putting it to work 
for our artists. As we have been doing with our own innovation around AI for some time already. With that being said, the training of generative AI using our artist's music, in parentheses, which represents both a breach of our agreements and a violation of copyright law, in a parentheses, as well as the availability of infringing content created with generative AI on DSPs begs the question as to which side of the history all stakeholders in the music ecosystem want to be on, the side of the artists, fans, and human creative expression, or on the side of deep fakes, fraud, denying artists their due compensation. These instances, these instances, uh, hold on, I can't say it. These instances, instances, hold up. I'm trying to do my Floyd Mayweather impression. Not just playing. All right, all right get, I'm about to run it back. These instances demonstrate why platforms have a fundamental legal and ethical responsibility to prevent the use of their services in ways that harm artists. We are encouraged by the engagement of our platform partners on these issues as they recognize they need to be part of the solution. Now, let me just give you the translation for that. UMG is suing whoever and they are trying to come forever, every dime, nickel, and penny that they can uh scavenge because they're not playing with y'all um everybody who's making these tracks and just having drake covering it and putting out for consumption and making money off of it yeah nah y'all going to jail not gonna lie to you so <laughs> yeah after after that quote they're not playing with y'all and they coming for their bread they fettuccine they guap so anyways click my link share my bio let me know on one of my social medias what do you think about you universal music group just going so hard over these ai ghostwriters and do you think that they are in the right smoking on that gas blunt big as coil ray Ex what i can't say that word expletives set it up then put it on the flow I didn't done it all. Feel like shoddy low. Laughing to the bank. But this is not a joke. In parentheses, not a joke. Say she got a problem. Imaginary smoke. Expedive said it's up. Then put it on the flow. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Beethoven. Uh, Shakespeare, I mean, even Mr. Kanye West himself couldn't write some lyrical bars like that. Lyrical venom, lyrical exercise, and all those start with a, well, most of those words start with an L. You know what else start with an L? Is the rapper who performed it, aka Lotto. Now we're getting into Corey LeRae versus Lotto because for some reason, everybody thought it was beef because Lotto put in her rap, which I feel like she was explicitly going at Nicki Minaj. 
but obviously not as people other people took offense uh with some of the lyrics she had and one of them was smoking on that gas blunt big as coyle ray and coyle ray took offense because a hit dog holler and she said please do not she said quote lotto by here you go talking about my body please do not come on here and talk about nobody body and she put that all capital letters she put body in all capital letters now it's one thing with women beef as they know what buttons to push because they're a woman right they know what women are insecure about and one of the things that's usually an insecurity for women is the body you know talk about the body in positive or a negative light they're probably gonna get offended with both so coyla ray got offended she thought that lotto was going at her and then after lotto of course hit her behind the scenes you know basically told her explained wasn't you know she's basically probably telling her that all that smoke was for onika tanya mirage aka nikki and that wasn't for her she was just putting her in the line and then obviously because the song was public she went on stage at well when she was booked at coachella and performed the track let me see if i can find this she went on stage and performed the track and then she also said the line again, smoking on that gas, blunt big as Coyle Ray. Expeditors like to run their mouths, but I'm the type to run the phase. So they thought, you know, she performed that line at Coachella in the midst of the song. But then she stopped and then she said, um, let me find it. I don't know why I can't find it. Uh, let me see. Yeah, I can't find it. Uh, that's crazy. I thought I had it oh yeah okay this yeah <laughs> she said on stage sorry i had to find it for a second and then she added quote and this wasn't in the song she just added this in the live performance she said quote by the by the way i love your body baby talking about Corey, uh coyle ray so of course it was like confusion from Corey because of co of course in a diss track with your name mentioned you're going to think it's automatic smoke but lotto did the mature thing which was contacting Corey directly and apologize well not even apologizing probably just explaining and then went on a public platform and had the same type of sentiments so there's no more beef between coiler ray and lotto um which i know is probably upsetting news to a lot of y'all but i think at the end of the day with women artists they definitely do need to stick together because if they're going to rise up in the ranks i think if they started a whole click just like how the male rappers have their clicks how they have an album coming out with the same group of artists is always travis future drake maybe 21 savage you know it's always that that click of artists collabing on each other's albums if the women rappers were to do that more often instead of just beefing with each other which i'm not accusing them of doing that i'm just saying the two biggest women rappers in the game are beefing against each other and um i guess you could say the same with drake and kendrick but for the most part drake gets along with all the other rappers in the game and for nikki um we unfortunately can't say the same so let's just say that's going to take a lot for them when it comes to making a huge impact in hip hop and beefing with one another will inherently stunt that uh, growth. So anyways, I'm glad Koi and Lotto are not beefing anymore, but boy was it spooky at first because I didn't know if Lotto was going for everybody or at a specific person, which was Nicki Minaj. Now for Nicki Minaj, best believe she's gonna return fire and, and Lotto's going to fill it directly.
So click my link tree in my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think about Koi LeRae and Lotto beefing? And do you think that if women artists stick together more, they would start selling more than male rappers? Jack Harlow came back thinking, what hasn't Drake done? Because at first... You had come home to kiss miss you and you couldn't tell me that that man didn't look up every discography of the goat aka Arby Graham and just try to mimic everything that worked. So once he tried to be himself rapping about past experiences personal experiences that only Jack can go through he finally gave us an amazing body of work. Now I would hit the applause button but we assume that Jack Harlow was going to bounce back from Come Home to Kids Miss You. Obviously, a lot of people was wanting Jack Harlow to fall off. And you could probably understand why they would want that as we've had a lot of rappers in his uh, ethnic background come through and just be completely corny, trash, and straight up atrocious. Shout out to Logic. I know he's half black, but come on now. Shout out to Macklemore. Shout out to e, uh, g Easy. I think that's it. So Jack Harlow wasn't trying to be in addition to that list as Jackman is an album full of straight bars. Now, I once heard Funk Flex say one of the best things about a rapper. He said, y'all, you don't know nothing about that. That's straight bars. Now, of course, the way I just said it isn't the way he said it. So let me get an actual rendition of him saying that that's straight bars. Because that's how I feel about this entire album. Now listen, that's called motherfucking bars, nigga. You know nothing about that. <laughs> One of the most classic, iconic lines ever spoken by a hip-hop media head as jack harlow really came through in this album and it's just straight bars from start to finish i mean he said forget a chorus he said forget a hook he said i'm just gonna rap and y'all gonna listen to it because technically somebody listened to it as his first week projections are around fifty thousand, which is definitely not high for jack harlow at all as come home the kids miss you uh debuted at number three with 113 first week sales so 50,000 compared to 113,000 but I am going to come and cape for Jack Harlow pause I think the reason for the low sales is because this man had an album full of rap songs and that's one reason I think Drake never made an album full of rap songs because when you do that you low you lower uh I can't even say it you're lowering <laughs> hopefully I said that right I don't know why I can't say that word the quality the replay value so yeah you're raising the quality but you're low lowering yeah I'm definitely messing that word up the replay value as the replay value adds to your streams and the quality is just what people say about the project your replay value will mean nothing if your quality is bad as we've seen what come home the kids miss you 
those was 113,000 first week sales of everybody saying it was straight up garbage. This one is 50,000 first week sales of everybody saying this is some of Jack Harlow's best work. Now you let me know which type of public praise or public uh, reaction Jack Harlow wanted. So anyways, um, with this album, I think in general, my overall consumption of it was very quick i've listened to this album a bunch of times you know this is one of those type of albums you can play as you work out it's a it's certain songs in here like gang gang that you probably shouldn't just play in the whip you know when you're going to the club or the party or out with your friends it's, it's not one of them type of tracks you know some some people may start looking at you kind of weird wondering why you're playing those type of tracks you know so a lot of these tracks are just for consumption by yourself it's not really for you to put it out to the to the uh, masses at a party um but other tracks like they don't love it ambitious um uh, it can't be it's just straight up fire i'm talking about the subject matter i'm talking about the double triple entendres the way he ha he has his uh, vocal inflection. His cadence is very smooth in a, in a way that when you're listening to it, it's not something that you just think is straight up corny. You actually want to continue to listen to it because best believe me, he does have corny bars in there. Like, oh, my beard's kind of scruffy, but I like it though. Like nobody can like, bro. Like who cares? But <laughs> the way he delivers it is in a fashion where more people will will give it a chance than not. So I feel like the only reason that Jack Harlow has came through with this album is because everybody was considering him, quote unquote, washed up. And his feature on, was it, it wasn't drama. Was it Khaled's album with, um, was it Roddy Rich? I forget who it was. He had a feature after his album that a lot of people disliked and everybody was just calling him washed up from them from there. Like everything he touched, they just said was washed up. Which is why when Chris Brown came out with Breezy and he had a track with Jack Harlow that had an actual serviceable verse, everybody was like, man, even Chris Brown can and uh, turn around Jack Harlow to make good music. So it was to that point where everybody thought Jack Harlow was washed up. And with his new album, Jack Man, I feel like he really bounced back. As this is his own, this is only his third studio album. So you can't really critique it that harshly because a lot of people have uh, subscribed to this mantra of sophomore slump. So they were saying Jack Harlow had a sophomore slump, but his bounce back with Jackman let us know that it was a slump and that he he was actually going to bounce back. Because, you know, some artists, that could just be them. They could just have one lucky debut album and then never make anything close to that quality ever again. You know, shout out to Bryson Tiller. But anyways, uh, in general, I want to get into the actual album because it's very interesting how it's only, how long is this album? This album is like 25 minutes long, I believe. And for it to be only 25 minutes long, I felt like he really jam-packed it with quality bars. I mean, I'm not going to go track by track. I am going to give my three favorite tracks from the album. So number one would be Common Ground, because I feel like that just kicked off the entire... I like albums where the first track lets you know the entire tone of the album. Like, I don't like tracks where it just sounds like a, a track listing if that makes sense like it's just oh it's like a dj just mixing tracks like i like albums from one artist being a cohesive body of work that slows the tempo down when needed 
but if they slow it down for a little bit speed speeds it back up in the next two tracks like i like cohesion and albums and and subject matter is also another one of those where common ground really kicked off what he was trying to say like he was literally saying this is not my opinion this is just what i see <laughs> so it's like one of those things where he's coming from his perspective literally number two is it can't be because i love when white rappers acknowledge and just confirm that they have white privilege in the world <laughs> and him just saying uh it must like hold on let me see let me try to pull up these lyrics he said it must be my skin i can't think of any other reason i win obviously he was a be, being a little sarcastic but there's a little bit of truth in every comedic line so with jack harlow obviously we know the lighter skin rappers in hip-hop have the most success as drake eminem you could bring up jay-z p diddy and dr dre but we're talking about the top of the top streaming wise drake and eminem are at the top of a predominantly black sport and why is that anyways and obviously i can keep going on and on i mean we have what um ll cool j we had nelly oh don't even get me started with nelly nelly was like drake before drake came like he was light drake he was like diet drake and then drake came like i think there's a reason for that but you know i'm not just gonna blame it all on colorism but it is interesting how we have all these predominantly black rappers and the lighter skin ones at the top of the streaming charts anyways <laughs> let me keep let me keep going before somebody get mad so anyways um those are my two favorite tracks and then my third favorite track is um they don't love it because i love when rappers come out and they claim the throne they don't just say oh i'm here and i'm glad to be here jack harlow could easily say that for with this being his third studio album but he's came out and said no i deserve to be here and not only i deserve to be here he gave us a bar saying who is this at it's probably the hardest bar on the whole album he said the hardest white boy since the one who rapped about vomit and sweaters and hold the comments because i promise you i'm honestly better than whoever came to your head right then and no he didn't stop there he kept going ladies and gentlemen this man said they ain't cut from the same thread like him they don't study doing work to get ahead like him they don't toss around and turn in the bed like him and then he went into the chorus saying because they don't love it if that's not a classic i don't know what it is i don't know what it is so those are my three favorite tracks from the album um in general the whole album is just a lyrical exercise that's why it's only 25 to 30 minutes long it's not a long listen at all you could probably breeze through it in like a session like of working out but at the end of the day jack harlow has bounced back with jack man and i'm not going to say i'm surprised but for him coming with this high quality lyrics also with a little bit of replay value i have to say it's probably my favorite album of the year because everything he was facing putting this out was a huge risk because everybody could just say he gave us a rap album full of trash corny bars but everybody seems to enjoy it and me personally I love it when artists come out and try to claim the throne because we have too many mumble rappers out here rhyming cat hat and bat and doing outlandish stunts to get attention. I like when artists claim the throne, but they do it with lyrical quality instead of just mumbling and changing the size of their shirt.
So anyways, click my link tree in my bio and let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think about Jack, uh, Jack man? What do you think about Jack Harlow and the Jack man album? And also if you've given it a listen, what is your favorite track? Now, after being released from prison, Nintendo hacker still has to pay a monthly income for hacking. Now, it begs the question, what is or what should be the punishment for gamers who go above and beyond to hack a game and in turn generate revenue for themselves? Where apparently Nintendo says they have the remedy for all of this blasphemy. As Gary Bowser, who was a 50, let me see, Gary Bowser, who was a hacker of Nintendo products or Nintendo Switch selling schemes for Nintendo Switch. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was sentenced to three years in prison for his role in a Nintendo Switch hack selling scheme. And after serving his three years, so he just finished his three years, Gary Bowser would have to pay a portion of his future income to Nintendo as part of a $10 million settlement with the company. Now, whenever I think of somebody having to pay a percentage of his income for basically life, I automatically just assume he doesn't have that much money in the first place, as best believe Nintendo will probably take that in a large sum rather than taking a percentage. But if, no, if they don't have enough to their name to pay off the accused damages that they created, then of course you got to come up with some type of legality or some type of contract or system where he can at least not have as much as he could when he first started hacking. I don't know if that makes sense. Basically, when nobody, when somebody doesn't have the money to pay up front, usually you come with some type of layaway plan, which I'm certain probably has a little interest uh, t tacked on. Which begs the question, what is the proper way to handle a hacker of a video game? I think the best way to handle hackers and video games is to one, suspend them, like IP ban them, because one thing about banning somebody, they could just make another account. So IP ban them for first, like that's the first strike. Second strike, it depends on how egregious the hack is. If it's just a simple, oh, you get to see through walls or, oh, uh, you may be able to have aimbot, like, you know, you may be able to hit them with a fine, but to go to jail time, I think it has to be an explicit breach of a system, not just the game. I think it has to be a breach of the system, which they did say he was a part of a Nintendo Switch hack selling scheme. So I think it has to be a breach of a system. I can get in a way that lets people get other things for free which in turn will significantly decrease the revenue for nintendo so i don't think a regular game hack you should serve jail time for i think you should just get fined and then that's it because if you keep doing it repeatedly 
then you can just keep paying the fine like you know it's just it's pretty simple <laughs> but uh, for jail time i think it has to be explicit um loss and funds from that company like you you have to be able to pinpoint this person doing this is affecting this this and this which is this which is losing us x amount of dollars and then that person can go to jail if it exceeds a certain dollar amount so yeah that's my um take on what we should do with gamers who hack but i really don't think that whole hacking thing is as serious as people make it out to be but obviously i'm a console player and I say obviously because the way I'm talking about this is, is pretty, you know, slap on the wrist type of approach. And people who play on PC probably have a way more um, aggressive tactic as far as uh, dealing with hackers. Because at the end of the day, nobody wants to be playing a game and run into somebody who's hacking and just kills them by 360 no scoping because they have aimbot. Like nobody's trying to deal with that. So I understand why people are upset at hackers because they're taking away the fun from the game. But jail time is excessive. And even a fine may be excessive depending on how egregious the hack is. So anyways, I laid out how I would um, attack people who hack certain games and consoles. But click my link tree in my bio and let me know what do you think is the best way to take care of gamers who hack? Time to answer the question that comes up time and time again from Avid gamers why does AAA games nowadays take so long to come out but feel so poorly optimized slash incomplete now this is a fantastic question because nowadays when all of these games are coming out broken unfinished with the price tag of $70 you can understand why gamers are starting to get upset. Going from 60 to $70 just to give us a worse product would not sit right with anybody. Imagine Disney, Netflix raising the price of subscriptions, but then they was like, hey, for our future titles, they're going to be a little bit laggy. They may not work at times. Hey, our whole site may just crash altogether. You probably wouldn't enjoy the Netflix or Disney subscription, or you'll probably end up canceling it, which is what Xbox is facing right now. Cause I've heard, and of course, obviously I'm no insider, but you know, I do pay attention to the gaming industry. A lot of people are regretting buying an Xbox, especially with the release of Redfall. I think that's what the game was called or Redfield, Redfall. I think it's called Redfall, but basically that game is a buggy mess and it's ex exclusively to Xbox users. So, I bring up this question to basically break down why certain games run the way they do on console compared to PC. Now, in turn, to put it in layman's terms, games are very, very complex to develop. <laughs> like, me just saying that doesn't do it justice. It's very, very hard to code a video game. Now, have I ever coded a video game? No, but I've watched documentaries. I've watched a plethora of videos. The type of... Just going through my Rolodex of just patterns that developers use to develop games. I mean, we're talking about th thousands of thousands lines of code that ends up bringing, like... 10 to 20 million lines of codes and, and you have 
less than like a a tenth of that to to create error because the whole thing would just throw it away and obviously the way i'm talking about it is very much from a perspective of somebody who's never coded before but i do recognize the way it's kind of like watching a basketball player like he practices he shoots he makes it he misses but you do know they practice and put in a lot of work to even get to that stage game developers even when they release a buggy mess probably took a lot of steps to build the game to what it is today even if it's a mess so if it's poorly optimized what you have to look at is it's easier to make games and develop games on console versus pc and i say easier and it's probably the worst word to use but just know that developing a game for a console is a set consoles are a set piece of hardware and if you develop games for a pc there's so many different interchangeable parts for a pc when you're when you're building it and even after it's built you can upgrade it by changing a certain part and you could upgrade uh well, yeah, your your graphics card um there's different there's different rigs for your pc you want it water cooled or you want it a different type of there's so many different ways to build a pc there's only one set for console so everybody has the same capabilities when it comes to console you're working with a whole plethora of complex different combinations and experiments when you come to pc now does that excuse people for asking for a 70 dollars price tag off the bat if the game is broken of course not but basically i'm just saying it because it's harder to develop games for pc than it is for uh console which is why we're seeing a lot of people just stray away from even announcing a pc release date if they're not even close to making the console release date stable so anyways it's rare to hear about a game five years uh five plus years away for that very reason you don't want to put too much pressure on the developers into thinking they have to come up with a masterpiece either five years or versus uh compared to less than two months like both of those depending on the size of the game like if you're making a gta a skyrim a witcher it's going to take a while to develop obviously if it's a sequel you can use some previous assets that makes the process um faster but then your fan base is going to want different improvements which is going to cause a whole new month well months of development to implement so you can only put so many assets from the previous game until somebody's like well why are you asking for another 70 dollars price tag you know anyways uh what else it was something else i wanted to get into whenever i found it i think it was something else i had okay so basically cyberpunk 2077 is probably the best example i can give of a game being completely broken at launch i mean can't even like so bad sony came out themselves the company and took the game off of the uh online uh ps store because it was just completely unplayable and it was still up to purchase like if a game's broken you would think the publishers would take it down but sony doing their due diligence because it was probably looking bad on their them because everybody was asking for refunds if you don't know if you buy a digital copy i'm pretty sure you can't get a refund after a certain amount of time so sony was running into a lot of problems because the game was literally unplayable 
but basically there's a different factors and variables devs push their games to certain um forget benchmarks but on other pieces of hardware they have to lower the graphics they have to lower the frame rate that's why everybody's like oh you're playing on console we know you're playing at 30 frames per second versus pc where you can probably push to the most intensive grass uh intense graphics which is like 60 frames per second and even more so uh it's it's very different play style when it comes to console and pc usually pc is way more advanced even nowadays which is goes back to the experimental part where there's a lot of different interchangeable pieces with consoles a set piece of hardware and that's why games at this point comes out unfinished because with the evolution of technology it gets even harder and harder to develop a game okay um i wonder if i had another point i think that was basically my last point trying to make sure though because i want everybody to like get a clear picture of why games are coming out broken because a lot of games are trying to go to open world route and with that comes a lot of of <laughs> what they if you ever looked up crunch time the, explained by developers you would probably get a good indication of how hard these game developers work to get a game out by the deadline and let's say respawn is the developers well you have a publisher which is EA Entertainment. If they give you a deadline and let's game let's say the game is 50% finished, where they're going to tell you well no, this is this is probably this is how I've heard the conversation went. So basically, if a game's not finished and they want to put it out at a certain time, you ask for more time. And if they give you more time, they're going to put some extra stipulations as far as the contract and you lose the money. And then let's say you have to pu push it back even more. Well, it's going to get to the point where you're going to start. It's not going to look as good, your contract, if you don't put it out in a certain deadline. Because they want it at this time. So if you're pushing it back, well, guess what? They're lowering your contract because we paid you for this. You can't do it at this time. Okay, well, now you can't. Well, it's like certain. Um, it's kind of like an NBA. You make the first team all NBA, you get paid more. But let's say you don't even make the team no more. Guess what? You don't get paid at all. So obviously it's not that drastic, but, you know, they lower your pay if that makes sense. So at a certain point, they're like, hey, you want a product here? Put this out. But it's they can't say it's not ready because it's their job to make it ready. So imagine going to your boss at the deadline and be like, hey, man, you can put this out to the public, but, hey, that's kind of trash. Like, who's going to say that, right? So they give it to him at the deadline, comes out broken, everybody's mad, and now you get stories like Redfall. So anyways, click my link tree in my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think about the whole landscape of gaming and a lot of games coming out broken and unoptimized? And what do you think? is the ultimate fix all of my star wars jedi survivor fans out there just know that they're brighter days ahead because respawn has took it upon themselves to put out new patches one for pc one for console that aim to quote fix the performance and stability issues that remain the one substantial mark against an otherwise impressive sequel. End quote. Now that's very interesting because if you think about it, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, I put out a poll on my YouTube. Make sure to follow my YouTube at Analytic Dreams, a notorious Mass Effect. Shameless plug, of course. Uh, and they were saying that this game is almost perfect because the gameplay, the story, everything is phenomenal. 
but then we get into the performance frame rate is atrocious crashes on pc basically i'm not gonna say unplayable that's a little stretch but it's not an enjoyable experience on pc for what i've heard from a plethora of pc players and i've heard that the xbox version crashes sometimes i've never had personally i'm playing the game if you uh another shameless plug man i'm throwing them out today um analytic dreams notorious mass effect on my oh i already said my youtube but basically if you go to the playlist tab um if you go to streams it, you will see my star wars uh gameplay walkthrough and also if you want to if you listen to this after the fact and you're on spotify i have the exclusive spotify video gameplay walkthrough if you type in analytic dreams video so you don't even have to leave the platform you're on you can watch my gameplay walkthrough on spotify as well analytic dreams video just type that in and it should pop up anyways uh so yeah the game definitely had issues at launch, um, especially on PC, really on PC. Like a lot of people was literally saying don't buy the game because it was just that bad. PS5, Xbox, not as bad, but definitely had some issues as far as frame rate and just uh, performance uh, in general, it's, it, like including bugs. Um, I think the game did end. No, not end. I already said that. Okay, yeah, the game did crash for some Xbox users, but I didn't really see too much of complaints from uh, the, the console side. So these fixes actually make the game run better from what I've been told. I haven't played the game. Uh, I mean, I played the game, but I haven't played the game after the pack, uh, patch because it literally just came out. So Respawn put out a whole PR statement saying today's patch has become available for the PC version of Jedi's jedi survivor and we'll be issuing a patch for playstation and xbox series x we are hard at work on patches that will further improve performance and fix bugs across all platforms now that sounds like a promise so hopefully this makes it run better from what i've been told it definitely you can actually see improvements from the game and it fixes a, a lot of bugs across all platforms so it's already promising because this week of content that I'm assuming is going to come from Respawn because you already know they have a PR game plan rolled out because this is probably one of the biggest games of the year. Um, Before you know what comes out because that Spider-Man PS5 is going to be a whole nother beef. Beef. <laughs> it's going to be a whole nother beast in itself. So yeah. Uh, what else? Something. Oh, also, I wanted to touch on something because I know I covered uh, why AAA games are coming out all unoptimized and stuff, and people are like all upset with the with the raising price from sixty to seventy dollars when these games are still a buggy mess and basically unplayable sometimes on PC. Um, I wanted to break it down in AAA um, segment, but I think I kind of did, but I forgot to put in this quote. So this quote still pertains to the subject because we're talking about unoptimized games coming out and it's kind of answering the question on why there's more and more AAA game being released uh recently and somebody who's a game developer came out and said when making a game for a console and it's kind of what i said but in a much simpler way that everybody can understand. <laughs> so anyways, the uh, game developers came out and said, we're making the game for a console. You're making it for one set of drivers slash hardware. We're making a game for PC. 
you're making 900 plus possible combinations. So console, you're developing a game for one set of drivers slash hardware. For PC, you're making it for, and he said like, so it is not even the exact number, 900 plus possible combinations. And he said, I promise you it's not laziness. It's just really, really, really difficult. And I second that statement because a lot of people think games are just made magically and they just come out. Like, bro, if you really knew the development process of of these video games, I always said I enjoy video games, but the last job I would take in the gaming industry would be a gaming a game dev because it's just so much. You need to have certain skills for it. You have to be willing to give up certain free time because it's a lot of crunching in the uh, development industry and obviously more developers are starting to push back against developers or publishers giving them strict deadlines which is in, in turn makes them crunch so by the way crunch means like when you basically go overtime to finish a game for a deadline so um, sometimes publishers give unrealistic deadlines so it, it makes the crunch even more extensive so and that's not good you know people want to see their family kids wife um husband you know all of these game developers have lives on their own and sometimes when they're developing these games publishers forget that so i'm glad to see that star wars is getting a patch but also i just want to put it in perspective that these game developers are working hard even if a game comes out a buggy mess you never know the hours that they put in to even get it to that state for the deadline so anyways Click my link tree in my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think about this whole AAA game catastrophe with most of these games coming out unfinished and in a buggy mess? And also, do you think that this is a sign for better things to come for Jedi Survivor? Or do you think the writing on a, is already... No, that's not how he said. Do you think it's set in stone with the amount of bugs that was happening at launch getting into the overview of the pod for episode 121 we started off with the rise of the ai ghost riders because boy are they rising and let's just say the revolution may or may not be televised because universal music group is out for blood as they see all this revenue being created from the likeness of an artist they signed but it isn't going to them and then we went into Jack Harlow returning with his third studio album with a very interesting comeback because a lot of people just said that he was washed up, but he came back and bounced back from his sophomore slump with what I'm thinking is probably his best album to date. Then we got into the Coil Ray versus Lotto Beef, and I kind of broke that whole situation down, talked about how, in general, both of those artists are not really in the space to be for one another, so I'm glad that this got settled because it really makes no sense for these artists to beef, and so I'm glad that they squashed it. Then we transition into Nintendo Hacker Bowser, basically being sent to prison for three years coming out of prison and him having to give a portion of his proceeds forever 
to Nintendo, like a, a portion, a percentage of his lifetime earnings to Nintendo. So wherever he makes, some of that's going to go to Nintendo. So I guess Nintendo gave a whole new meaning to Uncle Sam, because even though the, uh, I think the China-based company, they're still coming in with that, that tax, uh, that tax added on to the final revenue stream for uh, Bowser. And it's funny, his name, the hacker's name is Bowser. He must really be a Nintendo fan. He just went a little bit too far with helping out the Nintendo player base. I don't know. Then we got into AAA games. And sorry, I was looking at uh, the wrong article. Then we got to AAA games and why it's not running as well nowadays compared to in the past. I talked about the evolution of technology, the difference of developing a game for console versus PC, and why we should give more leeway to developers because they do go through a lot and have to do a lot to get a game out at a certain time. And I don't think people really put that into, into a perspective. Then we transition into star Wars, which is probably the talk of the town right now as it's one of the best games of 2023, but the performance issues are glaring and I kind of, explain that whole situation and how people are feeling about it but one thing is for certain respawn has taken action and put and put out a patch to improve performance so we're going to see how that ends up going in the long run so that's about it for episode 121 um thank you for help well thank you for listening to me struggle through that recap um usually i told you i changed the format of my episode i get, i try to get through as many topics as i can before i want to end the episode so whenever i'm recapping it i don't really have like a list of it i just have to go like through my history and sometimes the articles throw me off so i appreciate y'all for bearing with me with that and also you know before i give my conclusion um i just want to say i really appreciate y'all for supporting I know y'all get tired of me saying that over and over, but I really do, you know, approaching 38,000 as far as weekly downloads. It's not an easy feat by any stretch of the imagination. Obviously, you have the Joe Rogans out here getting like, I don't know, 500, 600,000 in a day. But, you know, you got to start somewhere and I could start at zero you know <laughs> like it could be zero a week could be 100 a week 200 not really trying to disrespect nobody uh just saying that it could be less and i definitely um understand how much thirty-eight thousand is and let me tell you i am working every single day to make this um a better and and much improved product for the next time you come and listen so that's about it for episode 121. Thanks for tuning in to the Notorious Mass Effect podcast. And don't be afraid to send me an email letting me know what you think of the show and what you want me to talk about in the next episode. Click my link tree in my bio to access my social medias and to keep up with my latest activities. If you want to support the show financially, click my Cash App link located towards the top of my link tree as it helps the show overall. Make sure to share this podcast and rate this five stars or whatever platform you're currently listening on as this helps the show reach more people so we can grow together and affect the masses thank you for tuning in to another episode of the notorious mass effect
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.